0: Jacob's Dream at Bethel (laughs) Jacob left Bathsheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house. Then the Lord will be my God, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Then we go to Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. And he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, Why are not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Then they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them, assembled together and saying, It is true the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Amen.
1: Father, we thank you for the words that we've just heard and we declare they are the word of God, not the invention of any man. I pray that you may send down the Holy Spirit so we may understand what these words say what these words mean and what they say and mean to us individually as a church and maybe lord not only be people who hear the word but people who meditate it and live it out we ask this in Jesus' name amen for those of you who weren't here at the beginning um george our minister is unwell he has covid so he's out of action for five days or so And he very kindly asked me if I would take the service. And I, of course, said yes. I've already said to George, I'll I'll get a sermon out of the drawer. You know, I'll I'll get a sermon out of the drawer. But God wasn't having that. He actually gave me a message last night. And I hope I've understood this right and that it's something that's going to bless you. Okay, so we've had our two scriptures this morning. Jacob's Ladder, if you like, and the Road to Emmaus. One from the Old, one from the New. What possible connection is there between these? Well, I'm going to perhaps throw out a few ideas this morning. At the time we meet him in Genesis 28, Jacob is not a very nice man. He's deceived his father Isaac, he's stolen his brother Esau's birthright, and is now fleeing for his life. We need to remember this, he's has his great revelation, he's actually on the run. He's sort of the person who we might expect in the flesh to come to a sticky end. But if we read on in the Bible, we find that Jacob was destined to become an important person, in God's plan, in establishing for himself, his own people, the nation of Israel. Well, you might perhaps argue this was really due to God's faithfulness and goodness and grace rather than any virtue on the part of Jacob. In the scripture this morning, we're told that Jacob had reached a certain place and he camped there for the night because it was too dark to travel. Whilst he slept, Jacob had a dream where he saw a stairway, some translations say a ladder, some suggest it was a ziggurat, you know, one of those stepped pyramids going up. And that's a very interesting point because ziggurats in oh in ancient history were seen as portals to heaven, which in fact is one of the reasons why God was so concerned about the Tower of Babel, but that's for another message. So he sleeps and he sees this stairway spanning from heaven to earth with angels ascending and descending on it. Presumably going about God's business. But that's not all. For the Lord himself stood above the ladder and makes a promise that he will be with Jacob, will watch over him, and will use Jacob and his descendants to bless all the people on the earth. Jacob appears understandably to quite shell-shocked by this encounter. Surely the Lord was in this place and I was not aware of it, he thinks. And we're told that he was then afraid. And realises how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gateway to heaven. He then makes a monument there of stones, anoints it with oil and renames the place Bethel. Which as you may know means house of God. Now this happened thousands of years ago. But perhaps we can in a real sense identify a little bit with what Jacob went through. We all know intellectually in our minds, you know, in, our, in our knower, in our noggin, that God is always with us, that Jesus will never leave us or forsake us, and that the Holy Spirit dwells inside us. But perhaps we're sometimes slow to see or expect God to turn up in our day-to-day lives. We might say, well, yeah, well, yeah, God will turn up at church on Sunday. Yeah, he'll be there in the worship and the sermon and the fellowship. Great. But perhaps we might expect God to turn up in exactly the same way or Monday, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, or Thursday, or Friday, or Saturday, when uh, we go through our daily lives. We don't expect God to turn up in our own certain place. Now, most of you will know that we've been exploring through some of our services this year, the concept of front lines. We're told that currently less than 6% of people in the UK go to church once a month or more so there you are you're in the six percent this means that when we're out and about living our our lives most of the people we encounter don't know Jesus they're part of the where are we six percent they're part of the 94 percent. this means that every Christian has a front line you don't need to look it for it you don't need to generate it it's there it's already there we just need to look at those places with fresh eyes Jacob had a revelation of God's presence in a place called Luz. And if you look it up uh, on the internet, Luz means a number of things. It it's to do with the city of Almonds. It was a Canaanite city. One place is called the place of turning aside. And Jacob, after he has the revelation of God, God turns that place into Bethel. So God turns the place of turning aside into the house of God, which I think is a very interesting idea. God turns the place of turning aside because Jacob was turning aside as well. He was running away from everything he knew and believed. God said, no, 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 no. You're still here. You're still in the house of God. Imagine if you could turn your front line, be it your place of work, the school gate where you you meet other mums and children, your sports club, your social meetings and your hanging out with friends, your school and college, your home into the house of God, into a Bethel? Why not try? Next time you're there, why not pray that angels will ascend and descend on people? That people will have a revelation of God that will change them. And that there you will live out a life that prompts people to ask you, what is it that's different about you? What is the secret of the hope that you have? I'm now going to terrify you all because we're going to have an intermission. So I'm not giving out ice creams or anything, but uh, one of the things we're encouraged to do on the at the frontline services is to say, this time tomorrow, what, according to my watch, it's uh, it just gone 5 past 11. What are you going to be doing at 5 past 11 tomorrow? Now, Karen normally does this, and Karen will ask for volunteers, but I'm not Karen, and I'm going to go and pick on some people. we we'll look at the fear on people's faces. I'm not doing a funny walk, it's the old arthritis here. Okay, then, James... This is James Wells, our, our Mr. Son. I feel very bad saying this. You know, <laughs> if you say, oh, this is Dave, Bob's son, I think he has an identity you know. But, James, what are you going to be doing tomorrow at five past eleven? He
0: might be um, in Stonehenge.
1: He might be in Stonehenge. Yeah, okay, the then.
0: Exhibition and the stones.
1: Right, so you'll be surrounded by tourists and people. Perhaps there may be an opportunity to say, look, oh, yeah. This is good, but there is a real God there. I'm not saying you need to say, repent, repent. But, you know, you'll be in a front line. 96% of the people there won't know Jesus. I'm not giving out mics because of COVID, so I'm hoping you can hear, and if not, I will try and, uh, and, and add to this. Who else should we pick on? Oh, I'm going to pick on some young people in a minute, which is going to please them no end. Okay, Isaac, 5 past 11 tomorrow, where will you be, presuming the school's open? What lesson have you got? you'll be at school okay then you're not at school where will you be then <laughs> your mum's glaring at you <laughs> he says I'll, I'll be down the pub with <laughs> mate." you'll be escaping school okay so you'll be digging a tunnel and doubtless the people digging the tunnel with you may not be Christians. so have an opportunity for that to be your front line i'm going to go over to calvin now because he's got a nice shirt on calvin yeah. what will you be doing He's looking at his diary look at that oh Right. Yesterday I bought a water squirter. Right. So that's going to be around the garden. Okay. Uh, and then we try and stay cool by getting a little paddling ball. Right. But I'd like to bend the rules on this one day. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm going to do it at 18 minutes past 10 tonight. Right. It might be of interest to everybody else here. Okay, then. At that time, 10, 18 minutes past 10, the space station is going to be passing overhead. Um, you can go out and the it at nights and watch a bright star. <laughs> the sky in about six minutes and in that bright star are seven astronauts so 18 minutes past 10 coming through the west there's an the north up there the west is over there It's to go over there big silver star so 18 minutes past 10 tonight great thank you Kevin. and don't forget to get the perspective you know this is a fantastic achievement of technology but it's actually traveling along a whole vast panoply of stars and galaxies so yeah fantastic but Let's look at the greater work, the greater work of God. But oh, no, Calvin, if you're up and about and it's not too not too warm, go out there and see the lights in the sky. Anybody else, Brian? Brian, what you've been doing at five past eleven tomorrow? And does your wife know? Uh, yes, she probably does. She'll be at work. So right. Um, assuming I've got up. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. Um, I'll be doing some wiring in the kitchen. Oh, okay then. Good. So you'll be pretty much on your own then. Apart from the dog. Apart from the dog, okay. Well, you can, uh, you can, you can preach the dog. <laughs> I was going to say to Calvin, actually, don't forget when you, son, when you turn the hose on, say, let us spray. Uh, Rex and June, what are you up to at 5 past 11 tomorrow? Um, Weekly, shopping yeah. Weekly shopping. Well, there we are then. <laughs> you know, there we are, surrounded by <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah, people who, who perhaps need to know God and not where the cheapest tomatoes are. Yeah, so there, what a front line we've got there. Uh, Nena, now, are you uh, are you going to be mopping George's brow tomorrow? Or? <laughs> Not exactly. Now, we all saw that laugh, didn't we? We all saw that. No, I, w- I will be working. I'm right. catching up on my emails. I-, I was only the last two and a half days. Right. Weeks, uh, two and a half days. Right. So I am dreading the avalanche of emails. I'm doing Fine, emails. good. So that's what I'll be doing. Good. Now, <laughs> trick question's coming. So, Duck... When Karen did this a couple of months ago, we were talking and praying about the fact that you were looking for a new member of staff and you, you were trying to allocate your work. Like we prayed for you. What happened? Well, it was. it's not just a new member of staff, several new members of staff. Right. And, um, we've had a wonderful... Um, it's been really difficult to make a choice. We've had very high-quality applications. So we are at the moment actually doing um, interviews and it's been brilliant so um, it's looking like we will have very good staffing um well resources in a few weeks so yeah excellent good so it was an answer to prayer wasn't it good thank you lord now sharon it'd be very rude to ignore you having spoken to your mother (laughs) she says this is a new definition the word not rude i haven't thought of before well what are you up to tomorrow at five past eleven Applying for jobs, okay, then Well, let's just pray the Lord will lead you to the job that he has for you. Uh, my son has been looking for work for a while and he had a couple of disappointments, but we always believe that as one door closes, a better one opens. So uh, We're trusting some good news, okay, some good news. Anybody else? This young lady here looks like me very, I can't remember what your name is. Lena. okay, what Leona. you, Leona, okay. Leona. No, Leona. Luna, oh, I'm with you now, I'm with you now, yes, Luna like like it yes okay what are you doing five plus eleven tomorrow luna i'm yeah. gonna be um getting ready for um girls brigade. girls brigade wow oh yeah it's not on tomorrow it's not on tomorrow see you've got quite a lot of time to get ready for uh, it uh, then i'll be at prom. at prom at school at school okay so great School prom, so what an opportunity. You'll be surrounded by people. You can tell them all about the good things that have happened today. End of school prom. End of school prom. So it's a celebration. Year six does. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Good. So there we are. So that will be your front line. I think we we'll probably pick on a few more people. Because my legs are standing out quite well so far. Is that Grace there? Amazing. Grace, what you be up to tomorrow, 11, 5? excellent so there we are then there's your front line and uh front line nappy line excellent well, you can see the people people at school people at work people in stonehenge you know people in nurseries we don't get this uh, these people coming to church so we just go out and, and pester them where they work we'll ask uh well, two more people here hi guys i'm not sure i recognize you may have got the wrong glasses on can i have your names please Kenneth, please meet Kenneth. Where will you be at 11.05 tomorrow? I'll be in Croydon. In Croydon. And what, you, what will you be doing in Croydon? Working. working. Who do you work for, just in a vague way? A uh, gas engineer. A gas engineer. So do you go out to people's homes and everything? Yeah. Excellent. Fantastic job to do. And where's your front line? Your front line's all over the place. Excellent. Young lady, what's your name, please? I'm Chantelle. Chantelle. Okay, Chantelle. I probably should know. I blame the glasses. Where will you be at 11.05 tomorrow? You'll be at home on your own with kids or. Kids, yeah. Oh, okay. So there's your front line already then. There's your front line. Excellent. So I hope we give you an idea of the sort of things that are going on tomorrow. People are all over the place. And Lord, we just pray you'll bless each of the people I've spoken to and everybody else in their front line. But this as an opportunity, Lord, to gossip the gospel, to live out their faith. And if necessary, and when it arises in a sensitive way, give a reason for the hope that they have. Thank you, Lord. Wait, intermission's over now. Ice cream's away. We better look at our second scripture, the road to Emmaus. Our gospel reading today features another revelation of God's presence that is, at first, not recognized. We're told that two believers were traveling from Jerusalem to Emmaus when a third walker came alongside them and talked with them. This was Jesus, and we were told that they were kept from recognizing him Hmm. it's interesting to speculate why this was because as in the case was it because in as in the case of jacob it seems to be there's always like a vial between heaven and earth which occasionally god pulls aside you go there's a ladder there with angels going up and down or was it perhaps that they were so wrapped up with their own disappointments and their own problems they failed to recognize Jesus, even when he was standing right next to them. Whatever the case, Jesus responds by filtering their sadness and confusion through Scripture, through God's Word. Essentially, he says, yes, Well, what does God say about all of this? What does God say about all these things that you're worried about? What does God say about all these things that you're concerned about? And we're told that, beginning with the Moses and the prophets, i.e., the beginning of the Old Testament... He to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. And I think this is an important watchword for us too. God is a loving father. He loves to be with and to hear from his children. But often it is a revelation of God and from God that brings blessing and breakthrough. We then come in this story to a very interesting point. We're told that they reach the village and the believers urge their fellow traveller they still do not know is jesus to stay with them for it's nearly evening we're told and the day is almost over interesting this echoes jacob's plight you know he he stopped at bethel because it was too late and dark to carry on we're told that jesus acted as if he was going further but at the believers urgings he goes and stays with them and of course it's over supper as the bread is broken the believers eyes are opened they realise that they're in the presence of the risen Lord. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> no breaking bread, but something's going on, and suddenly, suddenly, Jesus is there. I was watching um, the fast show, and they have this thing where they take the Mickey out of Christians, and they have these two Christians running a police station, and they have this thing where some of the police go. This is always in the presence of the Lord. This really blessed me because this happens to me. This happens to me. Sometimes I'll be. I'm in the pre- Ever happened to you? No, in the presence of the Lord. You'll be walking along the street, you'll be about town and suddenly you're in the presence of the Lord. And interesting enough, what does Jesus do then? He vanishes, he goes. I think there's much in this account that's helpful to us. It warns us, I think, first, that if we're too tied up in our own plans and worries and hurts and understandings and problems, we can miss the Lord's presence, even when he's standing right next to us. It also illustrates that when we're faced with things we don't understand, we need the Lord's wisdom, counsel, and revelation. And finally, I think also that Jesus will often tarry with believers to share time and communion with them, even when we might think he's got more important things to do. Oh no, Jesus needs to go on and do... No, 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 no. Jesus wants to spend time with his children. What's the effect of this revelation, this this sudden appearance of Jesus amongst them? Firstly, they say that while Jesus was speaking to them, his words were like fire in their hearts. And also we're told in verse 33, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. So namely, they turned around and went straight back to the situation they were running away from. They sought the other believers and encouraged them and blessed them with their testimony. So what about us as individuals, corporately and as a church? Do we need a revelation, the wisdom of God to help us with our fears and problems? Of course we do. Do we need God's help to live the sort of life God wants to lead us with? Of course we do. If so then, let us individually and corporately ask God to tarry with us, to reveal to us the things that will set our hearts on fire, and then send us out to glorify God, build up believers, to be his witnesses both in the church and on our front lines. Let's pray. Father, we remember the words of Paul at uh, Mars Hill, that God is closer to you than you think. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are with us in every circumstance of life. In the ups and downs, ins and outs, the heartbreaks and the happiness, in the problems and the solutions. I pray you'll give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, a heart to love you, and feet and body to respond to you help us lord as we gather together as a church help us lord as we go out and act and react on our own front lines live the sort of life you'd have us to live because god is for us and not against us and the bible makes it clear that we are on the winning side thank you lord amen what we learned today we've learned that even when we turn away to us, that we can often be in the house of God, because God is always with us. God's with us in church, he's with us on our front line, he's with us throughout the week. We also learn that sometimes Jesus is walking alongside us, and we miss it because we're so tied up in our fears and our worries, so let's just hope that we'll be a little bit better at seeing and hearing and obeying him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are God, that you are an awesome God, that you have an awesome plan for each one of us. We thank you, Lord, for all the people who are here in our church and all the believers around the world. pray you may bless them, Lord, in their front line, bless them in their walk with you. May they know the joy of the Lord and the joy that you take in them. And may the joy of the Lord be our strength. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Let's share the grace. May the grace love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Oh man.